welcome to another episode of Living an Ultra Life. I'm your host, Mike, and this week I want to talk to you about something that a lot of ultra runners probably ought to be thinking a little bit about as we get into coming into our, our fall racing schedule. We'll get into coming into whatever. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. So the one thing that I want to talk to you about is preparing your crew for your endurance race. That's right. That's something a lot of runners never really think about, but there's preparation that goes into preparing your crew for an ultra run just as much as you have to prepare yourself for the ultra run. And so I just kind of wanted to come to you today and just give you some aspects that I've figured out volunteering at races, crewing for races, running races, pacing at races. You learn a lot when you do the ultra running thing in a lot of different situations, which is something that I am purposely putting myself in. One of my mottos is uh, put yourself in the uncomfortable because then you're going to know what to do when you get uncomfortable. That's not really, that had nothing at all to do with, you know, the topic of preparing crew for an endurance run. I just thought I'd throw a little tidbit out there. How's that? Okay, so here we go. Rolling into Things to do to prepare your crew for your endurance runs. To me, this is one of the most overlooked aspects of endurance running. It's because you don't really think about preparing your crew for every situation that may come up while you're out there running these insane distances for insane lengths of time. But to avoid confusion and conflicts in the middle of a race, the number one tool that you can use is communication. The tool of communication alone can help ensure a successful endurance race. Sadly, this is a tool that many runners leave out of their preparation. And then chaotic scenes at remote aid stations occur, increasing the stress on the runner, crew members, and pacers. I'm not just telling you this because I read about it. I know this from personal experience because I've done it. My very first Lean Horse 100 event. I didn't know what I didn't know. And so my beautiful wife and her sister decided to crew me on this race. And if I had known what I didn't know back then, I would have told them, please don't try to go to every single aid station, even though it was doable at that race. Don't try and go to it because you're just going to wear yourself out driving, waiting, me coming in, trying to take care of whatever my needs might be, then driving, waiting, me coming in and, you know, rinse and repeat often. I learned a lot that that is probably not the way to prepare your crew for an endurance race because I didn't communicate anything. I just thought I'm going to go run 100 miles and my crew is going to show up and they'll know exactly what to do. You know what? They don't know exactly what to do. And every race is different. A bighorn mountain and scenic run is totally different than a lean horse run. Because at bighorn, aid stations are not easy to get to. And it takes a ton of driving. And I have watched people year after year make the mistakes of trying to get into aid stations that, you know what, you don't need to get to that one. Let the aid station take care of your runners at some. You get to ones where you need to be there to take care of them. I'm telling you, the crew is vitally important to your success in an endurance run or endurance bike race or whatever you're doing that's going to take you more than five or six hours to get done. And so it's important to learn how to communicate to them. I read an article by the Center for Management and Organization Effectiveness, 
The article's title was Team Leadership, Why Effective Team Communication is So Important. At the beginning of the article, there were two points that summarized how best to succeed at your next endurance event. The number one thing was effective communication. And the number two thing was to understand that communication is a tool. I thought that was really kind of cool. One of the quotes that I took from here, effective communication within a team will build a common purpose among team members that will allow them to reach their goals. Frequent, friendly communication can help team members develop a sense of belonging and strengthen relationships. There's three phrases in there that I want you to take away from this tool of communication with your crew. Number one is to build a common purpose. So you build a common purpose, and the common purpose in an endurance race is to get to the finish line successfully without killing yourself. No, really, that's really the goal. I mean, yes, it would be ideal if you podiumed. Yes, it'd be ideal if you broke the world record. That'd be ideal. But really, when you're doing an endurance race, what you're doing is you're trying to survive to the finish so you can cross the finish line successfully and then do it again. The number one thing is to build that common purpose. Everybody needs to be on the same purpose to get you to the finish line. The second thing in there that they pointed out was frequent friendly communication. And I'm going to tell a little story in here. This is not me. I did not do this. But I was working an aid station at a race. And it was one of those aid stations that it was remote. It was tough to get to. But this particular year, we saw a ton of crew members try and get to this aid station. And then they were waiting hours and hours and hours with no place to really wait. That was near where they were going to be coming through for the aid station. But they were waiting. Crew members were waiting for hours. And many times they were worried because they thought the runner was going to get there sooner than they had. This is at the 30-mile mark. They were thinking, well, they should be here, you know, and should have taken them five hours to get here. Doesn't everybody run six miles an hour in the mountains, in the heat and all that? But the crew members were sitting there. And when a lot of runners got in, they were not doing great. And you could tell, though, the runners who had prepared their crews beforehand as to what to do, what they would be looking for, what the possible problems that would arise that they were going to need to address. And the crews of those runners were like, think of a pit crew at a NASCAR race. I mean, they like surrounded the person. They knew exactly what to do, got shoes off, got socks off, got blisters taken care of, got packs refilled, got the headlight on their head, got them poles if they didn't have poles. And that person was, before they knew it, they were heading out the thing. Now, the bad communication I also saw a lot of. I'm just going to point out something here, and I don't want to step on any feelings, but your significant other is not a tool. So when you come into an aid station and your significant other is crewing you, please do not do what this one runner did. So this one runner came into the aid station, ripped off his pack. You could tell he was not having a good race. He, was, he looked pretty good, but he was pissed. So obviously he must have had some time goal or something that he wasn't hitting. So his significant other was obviously part of the crew and there was one other person. Well, he rips off his pack, throws it at his significant other and says, fill the damn thing and charges off, sits down someplace in a huff and starts taking off his shoes. And his significant other is trying to hand me the 
water bladder and she didn't know what to do and she's looking at him and a lot of concern in her eyes and he is just a whiny ass and i wanted to slap the crud out of him but i knew i couldn't do that because i was volunteering at the aid station i don't think volunteers are supposed to slap the crud out of people although it might be a good tactic to think about but this guy treated his significant other like it's trash the whole time he was at the aid station he was probably there about 10 minutes the whole time he was just cutting remarks at her one time told her to get off her fat ass and go do something and she walked away in tears if i was a significant other of this guy i would have just plain left i wouldn't have gone to the next aid station to wait on somebody who was that much of an asshole i would have just left that is one way to not communicate with your team members when you come in look you know what you might be off of your goal. Your crew members are not there for you to trash because you're angry at yourself. Get over your bad self and have communicated beforehand what it is you're looking for and communicate about those time goals. If you think that you're going to be there in six to nine hours, communicate. If I'm there in six, man, we need to be like a well-oiled machine get me in and out. If I'm there in nine hours, something definitely has happened. You're going to need to coach me how to get through this thing because I'm having a sucky ass race. You need to really communicate friendly communication with your crew members. And the last thing is a sense of belonging. I cannot tell you what it was like. I watched this one crew come in and their runner looked horrible. And I read the race report afterwards that he wrote. And I mean, just a glowing report about the crew members and the way they surrounded him. And the way that they analyzed what was going on with him, and they came up with a solution that got this guy to the finish line at the end of the race. Well, you know what? The entire team, runner and his team, his crew, his pacers, they all felt like they belonged on the journey. They all felt like this was not just the runner's thing. All right, that's I'm doing my air quotes for you, by the way, in case you can't tell because I'm not on video. But it's not just your thing when you do an endurance race. It's the entire teams. And the more you make them feel like they belong, like they're doing something important, the more successful you're going to be. Which really kind of brings me to the next thing. Do you need a crew for endurance races? Yes and no. Under 50 miles, you can do it without a crew. I mean, honestly, under 50 miles, the aid stations at ultra runs are set up so well, most of them, I've got some nightmares, but most of the ultra runs are set up so well that the aid station volunteers know how to get a runner in and out very, very well. So at a 50 mile race, you really don't need a crew. If you've got somebody who's nice enough to crew you, same rules apply. All right, communicate, friendly communication, have a common purpose and build a sense of belonging. All right, for those running timed races, you can pretty much do without a crew. I tried, I've done a couple of timed races without a crew. I've done 12 hour without a crew. I did a 24 hour without a crew. I did a eight hour and a 10 hour. I've done a lot of, actually I've done a lot of races without a crew at timed races because you're just looping back and so you might not hit the goals you think you want when you're self-supporting and self-crewing, but you're going to finish, you're going to do well, and you're going to move on. And you're going to learn a lot of things about how to self-crew yourself and self-support yourself. That'll come in handy. Now, I did run a eight-hour race recently, or no, I'm sorry, it was a 10-hour race recently, and I had a friend crew me, 
And it was a really peaceful feeling to know all I had to concentrate on doing was going 2.95 miles. I was going to see him every loop. And he was going to go, how you feeling? What's going on? What can I do for you? And that was a good feeling. So, you know, sometimes you need them, sometimes you don't. Over 50 miles, grab a crew. 100K, 100 miler, 200 miler, grab a crew. You're going to need them. And you're going to need to do what? Yep. You're going to have to have a common purpose. You're going to need frequent, friendly communication. And you're going to need to build a sense of belonging. Now, there are certain little things that you can do that are going to help your crew. One thing is that I always laugh at at races is teach your crew what a drop bag is and what you have in your drop bag. Don't just assume that because you packed your drop bag that your crew knows exactly what's in it and what to grab and what you're going to need. No, communicate what's in your drop bag and it might be a drop box or you know, whatever you happen to be using. But communicate what's in the cotton picking thing so that your crew can find it for you. Also communicate that, you know what, there's going to come times where they're going to need to force food down your throat. They're just going to need to make you eat. Make your crew understand that there are points in the race that you get to and you really want to change your shoes and socks, but you can't reach down that far. And that they're going to need to do the yucky thing of pulling off your sweaty shoes and pulling off your sweaty socks, drying off your feet, maybe washing them a little bit, and then drying them off again, putting a clean pair of socks on and putting a clean pair of shoes on. You just need to help them realize that there's yucky things that they might have to do. There's a reward in it, though, when you successfully build a crew. Because when you come to the finish line, they are the loudest, most screamingest fans. Is screamingest a word? It is now. They're the loudest, most screamingest fans you could ever hope. Because, see, you built a common purpose. You use friendly, frequent communication. You built a sense of belonging. And when you cross that finish line, these guys will go wild. If you don't believe me, Watch the Jamil Curry with uh, It's a Steep Life. Put a video together of the 2021 Western States 100 Golden Hour Finishers. Watch the video. Watch how excited these guys are when people come across the finish line and they've just done something that they never thought was possible. And finally, I'm just going to give little last tip for you runners here, okay? Organize your stuff, all right? I've watched drop bags that are just threw it in and dropped it at registration. And then you hope like hell that you can find what you need in the drop bag when you get it. You know what? Crew members need to understand what's in your drop bag. And they need to understand, you know, what is the recipe for disaster? Okay, worst thing that happens, I'm going to need this, this, and this. And make sure they know how to get it. You might have that with them. Okay, but organization is kind of key to communication. All right, so now last thing here. This is tips to your crew. Don't let your runners read these ones, okay? So the most important thing you must know if you're going to crew one of these crazy-ass runners is what it means to crew. All right, it's not some romantic opportunity to be in the mountains, chilling out, enjoying the scenery. Okay, so crew stands for cranky runner endless waiting. Got it? Cranky runner endless waiting. Get that acronym straight in your head well in advance and it'll make your opportunity to be part of this fantastic adventure a lot less stressful. Cranky runner, 
endless waiting. That's what crews can expect. I'm one of those strange ultra runners in that I enjoy crewing and pacing almost as much as I enjoy running a race. So I have read a ton. For those of you who are going to crew, there's an article that I'd really like you to read. There's actually two. The first one was written by Nikki Spinks. If you're going to listen to the advice from somebody, Nikki Spinks is a record-breaking ultra runner. She wrote an article for the Innovate website. It's called How to Crew for an Ultra Runner, Top 10 Tips. Read the article. Uh, another article is in Runner's World by Aaron Strout, and it's How to Crew an Ultra Marathon in Six Easy Steps. So I put together five tips for you crew members so that you can help to be successful and help your runner get across the line successful. Number one, know where you're going. And most importantly, where on the course it'll be challenging to drive. Study the maps, the directions provided on the race website, and be able to navigate. This one is so cotton-picking important. Be able to navigate without the use of GPS or cell phone. We're going back to the days of old because some of these places, you're not going to get GPS and you're not going to get cell phone coverage. So make detailed descriptions written down of the directions. Maybe see if you can find a map of the actual area with the minor forest service roads. Know what type of vehicle can and can't get to certain aid stations. <laughs> Bighorn one year going into Sally's footbridge. You got to cross through three cricks. The first crick can get really deep and really kind of gnarly. One year, the river was running really, really fast and a car got stuck in the middle. Now nobody could get into the aid station. Nobody could get out of the aid station without a two-mile trek and crossing two other creeks that were running fast. You know what? Study what kind of vehicle can get in there. Don't try to take a Toyota Corolla into a mountain area. It's not going to work. Second tip, make detailed notes before the race and get to know your runner. Go for a run together. Learn how that runner reacts when the race isn't going as planned. Find out what foods will be at the aid stations, what kind of electrolyte hydration is provided, and if there are any rules at the various aid stations that you might be thinking about going to. A fantastic thing to do for your runner while waiting is to separate sweet and savory food drinkable nutrition from regular food, and pre-mix their electrolyte hydration in a container you can refill their water bottles from. That one's really key because a lot of aid stations just go with whoever's sponsoring the race. So if it's Hammer, it'll be Hammer. Your runner may not stomach Hammer real well, so you don't really want to be putting that in the stomach. The last part of this making detailed notes is know the cutoffs and the timing. Be detailed in knowing exactly how much time a runner has coming into each aid station. If your runner is pushing cutoffs, feel free to grab somebody else's crew member to help your runner get your runner in and out efficiently. Communicate with the aid station volunteers before your runner gets there about entering the aid station. Don't just go walking into an aid station. Communicate with the aid station. Let them know what number your runner's bid is and let them know that you're going to be crewing. Okay, third tip. Get familiar with all the gear and also all the possible first aid scenarios you might encounter. If you've never popped a nasty blister or dealt with it, there's an article from American Trail Running Association that's a must-read on popping blisters. It's kind of gross. Uh, prepare a simple medical and hygiene kit that includes baby wipes and alcohol swabs. Strategize running gear and the different scenarios with your runner before the run. Then keep track of what's going on during the course of the race. The elites are going to finish a 100-mile race in less than 18 hours. That's just what it is. If you're not crewing an elite, you need to understand what the weather patterns are going to be for the next 20 to 32 hours. 
I'm serious. Know what the weather situation is going to be for a long time. Fourth tip, learn to know when to encourage your runner and when they need tough love. At all costs, do not sympathize with your runner. My wife crewed me at Lean Horse. I should have never put her into that situation because she saw me come into the 50-mile aid station puking my guts out, and all she could do was baby me. She didn't know that really what I need to do is lay down, take a nap, just leave me the hell alone, let me try and figure out what the heck is going on, and get me out. I should have never put her in that situation, so learn from my, my bad examples. Your runner doesn't need poor baby. They don't need you to ask them questions. They're brain dead. They can't answer any of your questions anyway. Observe how your runner looks. Look in their eyes. Watch how they move. Continually talk about the finish line and what will happen there. Do not talk about how tough the next segment is. They don't need to hear that. They already know. They're running it. All right? Just talk about the finish line. Talk about what it's going to be like when they cross the finish line. Continually, 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 continually put the finish line in their head. Help to build that up. Don't let them see your angst. Don't let them see that, man, you're pushing cutoffs. You suck. All right? Don't let them see it because your runner's emotions are swinging from one pendulum to the next during the race. All right? Lastly, the point most runners and crew members don't consider. You're useless if you don't take care of yourself. I cut short a recent 24-hour race because I didn't pay enough attention to how my crew member was doing. Thunderstorm came in. It was only supposed to last an hour. By the fourth hour of thunder, lightning, and rain, my crew member was finished. As the sun set, there was no letting up the storm. They announced they were done and heading home. Why well, I had delegated all the organization of nutrition and hydration to them. And it became painfully evident at hour 12 of my run. Now, since my crew was in bad shape, it was a much better decision to call it a day and learn from the experience. As a crew member, know your limits and communicate them beforehand. Don't volunteer to crew overnight if your regular bedtime is at 8 p.m. Also, bring clothing changes and everything you think you might need, including games, books, or anything else that will keep you entertained in the dull hours before your runner arrives at the aid station. Keep electronics and portable batteries charged so you can assist your runner with no difficulties. I hope this helps because it is a lot of fun to crew an ultra runner. It's a lot of fun to pace an ultra runner. It's a lot of fun to just volunteer at an aid station and watch these crazy creatures. It's a lot of fun to be an ultra runner. It's one of the funnest things you'll ever do in your life. These tips that I've just given you will help you be a great crew member, but also runners, this will help you prepare your runner beforehand so you're not scrambling when you get out there. That's it for this episode of Living an Ultra Life. We'll talk to you next time.